welcome to episode 55 of Respawn Aim Fire. 55. I am Holden Depardo, and I'm here with... Chad Michael Innes. Hey, Chad. How are you doing today? Holden, I had a really great day today. Aw. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. No problem at all. I'm glad you did today. I had a great day, too. A very productive day. Did a lot. Yeah. But we're going to have an even better episode this week. Can I tell you about something that I I did at work today? (laughs) Tell me, Chad. What happened at work today? What happened at school, boy? Today... I, <laughs> I'm still, I, I was scream crying. That's how hard I was laughing at this. Just so you, he works at a sweatshop. <laughs> I do, I do. I uh, was putting together a presentation for something at work today, and I was going to have some photos in there to make it look nice. Ooh. So <laughs> I told myself, you know what? Maybe instead of multiple photos in this, maybe I use the same photo. But every time I see it, it's just a little bit more zoomed in. And a little bit more zoomed in. And by the end of the presentation, it's like close up on this Asian woman's eye. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to wait and see how long it takes people to notice that we have this giant pixelated face where it used to be like this woman off in the distance standing there taking a picture. <laughs> and I was dying making this thing because it's so stupid and it was just like total serious presentation did anyone else get the presentation anyone else understand the joke it i mean it's it wasn't a, a joke per se just a stupid thing but it I mean, took until must have been a joke it took until like three quarters of the way through the presentation before somebody said is that is that getting closer on her face <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, Chad, you're just a natural i lost Andy it i lost it Chad McLennis is the new Andy Kaufman. Yep. That's what that means. So, yeah, that was – I spent most – I did that in the morning, and then I spent most of the rest of the day remembering it and laughing and crying. So it was a great day You were today. crying? No, you were happy crying. I, no, I was, like, dehydrated. My face hurt from wiping away all the tears, and I was, like, salty and shit. <laughs> I was, you had to, like, drink more I was water to continue screaming. crying. Like, a, like, I went to go get a glass of water five minutes later, and I almost did a spit take all over the wall. I can just picture was... this coming down the, the stairs into the downstairs area, and I could just hear your echoing laughter. Oh, God, it was so stupid. So stupid. <laughs> but why what's not stupid, Chad? What is that? Hold All on. the cool updates we have this week. We're changing things up a little bit. Oh! Boom! Oh! Segway. So we have a few new things we're going to be doing this episode, primarily right at the beginning right now, and then something later on, a little special new thing we're doing. Brought to you by it's Chad It's curing Michaelinus. cancer. We are curing cancer this episode. Yeah, that's what so we're, we're doing gonna... new. We decided we'd give it a shot. I don't know if anybody wants it, but... No, no, it's not going to sell. No one cares about it. No one likes cancer. But we're going to start off each week, outside of antidotes from Chad that are always appreciated. Antidotes! (laughs) Outside of antidotes from Chad. Uh, Anecdotes. Anecdotes. Uh Uh-huh. That's better. Uh That's going to be our new quote slide for this week. (laughs) (laughs) Every quote of the week is just like, here's what Holden fucked up this week. No. Let's make fun of him No, one of them was my Chakra Khan. (laughs) Oh, okay, that's right. So, Holden fucks up. Chad says something insightful. Those are the two. <laughs> I don't Those know. Chakra Khan? Do you get it? I don't know if that's insightful. <laughs> well, you had the one too about um, I um, I try to. I, I don't care if I embarrass myself because like life's. Oh yeah. Yeah, you, you say deep. important stuff, Chad. I'm deep. I'm just a buffoon over here. <laughs> but this antidotes. buffoon's going to bring us through our new segment, which is weekly forum. Ooh. We're going to start off each week just by 
kind of giving you updates on what the bar for the month is going to be. We have a Twitter poll that we'll be posting every single week. You've probably noticed that already if you follow us on Twitter at Responding Fire. And just kind of going over what's new. So you know, start off. I think this week in particular, it's so packed that we should call it a weekly five them. Mm, five them. I'm just going to call it weekly four them for right now. But okay, thanks, Chad. Okay. See, I can do smart things too. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Holden, what's first on our forum? Uh, first of the forum is Barf uh, this month. Our <laughs> backlog accomplishments with Respawn and Friends is Metro 2033. Super pumped about this one. Cannot wait. So that's wait. the game we're all playing for our backlogs. Yes. Been sitting there downloaded on my PS4, finally getting around to playing it. Oh, yeah. I've been playing it. Actually, this is the first time I've played a Barf within the first week of us announcing it. Look at you. I think Look ever. At you. you actually think... started playing it in March. Have you technically, Te- technically played any yeah. of it in Able? A- Able. April? Able? Uh, no. <laughs> Ooh, all right, all right. Uh, I have not, but I did in March, and I actually got a good chunk through it. Uh, Spooter Scooter, one of our followers on Twitter. <laughs> Spooter Scooter. I do love that name. Oh, he uh, He's already been playing <laughs> it, and he's tweeted at us. He said, hashtag Metro 2033 is a great game, and I'm only about 45 minutes in and already hooked. I really enjoyed it. And then he goes on to say that, you know, the game is amazing and that it was a really good choice. Which, talk about my choice, this is my choice. So I make good choices. See, Chad, I make good choices. Yeah, well, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you are playing the game throughout the, the month, go ahead and tweet at us what you're thinking. We'll talk about it on the show, and we'll kind of bring it up again at the end of the month when we talk about Metro 2033. Metro. And three. So I Chad's been posting out a Twitter uh, poll every Monday afternoon. Shh, no, they don't know it's me. It's Respawn it's Aim you. Fire. It's I'm giving us. you credit for something. Take it's it, Chad. It's us, the entity. It's us. Fine. It is us. It is us. <laughs> but Chad posted. So uh, This week's poll. So we do a stupid poll. If you haven't done it on the – follow us on Twitter. One of them was about, like, pooping your pants or wiping pee off a toilet seat or something. I don't remember. It's whatever I come up with at the time. <laughs> There's a Game Potato was part of one of them. This week was That's what right, is the yeah. best video game movie? And the three options are Tomb Raider, Prince of Persia, or Looking at Dogs Online. And by a landslide, Looking at Dogs Online won with 37% of the vote. It was, it was a 1% difference. It was, an ant, it was like an anthill-sized landslide. landslide. <laughs> so Prince not of, a landslide. <laughs> Tomb Raider came in second with 36%. Prince of Persia was 27 So everyone agrees, Looking at Dogs Online is the best video game movie. It basically means that there hasn't been a good video game movie yet. But I did enjoy... Uh, Tomb Raider. I voted for Tomb Raider because of all the options that were movies on there. Hold on. I picked that This one. is a secret ballot. It's not a secret ballot. Just, I'm you're not saying supposed my to vote. tell people. It's like when you vote for president. You it's can like when you're embarrassed because you voted for Donald Trump and so you don't tell it's anybody. It's more like you're embarrassed because you then... voted for Jill Stein or something like that. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> so... Look out next Monday. We'll be posting next, another yeah, one. Yeah, we, we, we will. The entity will be posting the out another one. Respawn aim fire. <laughs> yeah, we try to do these with like uh, so that they end right around the time we record. So Mondays, yeah. look for those. Chad, how can I see beautiful pictures of your face? Oh shit, you guys! I am so freaking excited. I just want you to know that for the Lord's respawn on Sunday, <laughs> get it? Because Jesus came back. For the Lord's Respawn, I did a photo shoot in my living room with a green screen. We love Jesus, just so everyone knows. <laughs> this month, photo mode. A lot of you guys participated last month with our photo mode, our very first one. And we gave out $10 codes to a few people. This month, we have one higher stakes $20 code 
that we are giving out to one person. Uh, this month is all based around photoshopping me into your favorite games, screenshots, box art, <laughs> fan art. So here's the official thing. The prize is one $20 code for the gaming service of your choice. This can be PlayStation Network, Xbox, eShop, or Steam. And if Steam ends up being the winner's choice, $20 codes are available on Amazon digitally, $10 or not. So this one will work. Calm down, oh. Fez. <laughs> Rules. The photo must be one of the 15 provided pictures of Chad from bit.ly slash April photo mode. Now, I took a bunch of these photos. I made them available to you. There's a bit.ly link. Uh, we'll put it in our – we'll make this our pinned tweet. You go to that. You download one or 15 of these photos of me in all of these great f- poses, like <laughs> laughing, pretending to eat salad. Or maybe I have a VR headset and I'm pretending to be sexy. American Gothic is my favorite. I love American that one. American Gothic. Yep. Yep. With the fork. <laughs> so I have all 15 of these photos up on that link for you to download and Photoshop into your favorite thing. So – you have to Photoshop me into your favorite video game screenshot, box art, or fan art in a creative way. Those are the only limitations. Your entries have until Sunday, April 15th at midnight Eastern Time to submit on Twitter or Instagram by tagging at Respawn Aimfire. That's us, the entity. And using the hashtag, hashtag Respawn Photo Mode. Now, guys, I want to put out there. Try your best to spell the hashtag correctly because I thought for a second last month that there were only like one or two entries, but then I realized everyone spelled respawn photo mode differently. So check your spelling on respawn photo mode so that when I search for that hashtag, I find your entry. Here's how they'll be chosen. This gives you guys an option as to who wins. So of all of the submissions, we're going to choose, Holden and I will choose three finalists. That we think are the funniest, the most poignant. Maybe they make a statement about obesity or malnutrition in Africa. I don't know. <laughs> obesity Whatever in Africa? Did you combine those together? No, those are two separate thoughts. Obesity, okay. malnutrition in Africa. Okay. Africa, and they're just rampant obesity problems. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to choose three finalists. But the winner of the $20 code will be based on a Twitter poll that will take place the following Monday, April 16th. So if you're one of the finalists and you have a huge Twitter following and you tweet, hey, all you peeps that love me, go vote for me on this contest, boom, that's 20 bucks for you. So everyone, you have just less than two weeks. Go out there and make some really fun stuff. You are not limited on number of submissions, so Mm -hmm. keep that in mind. And I can't wait to see all the different ways. The actual tweet itself, or the photo mode thing, has the uh, cover of Horizon Zero Dawn. And I've put myself on... <laughs> I died laughing when I saw that. That's hysterical. <laughs> I put my head on Aloy's body with a VR headset. <laughs> but and the then hair I... <laughs> is still flowing in the wind. It is. She's yep. so great about that. <laughs> and then she's taking down a thunder jaw. But on the thunder jaw, it's me laughing while eating salad. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Because one of my favorite memes is people laughing at their salads. You've <laughs> yes. seen this before? It's amazing. Yes, I love that, me that before. Oh, it's fantastic. So go out there, download the photos, Photoshop them into whatever you like. As long as it's video game related, tweet it at us, Instagram us. And then you could win 20 bucks. <clears throat> Damn, $20. $20. That's like a whole Celeste. Question mark? Yeah, Celeste is 20 bucks, right? Yeah, Celeste is 20 bucks. Actually, there's a lot of good games available for less than 20 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like a quarter or a third of God of War. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your or mom's if you butt. wanted to get 
the game of the month, Metro 2033, to play along with us. Oh, you can do that too. Oh, shit. Boom. That's like scamming the man, scheming the system, scheming the <laughs> What's mean. That scamming the system. So that PlayStation's <laughs> like, damn it, they bought Metro with the gift card. Damn it, they paid money that they earned. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Holden, what else is in this five five of them? Weekly five of them. That's five what we got west. this week. Somewhere out there. Five will goes west. American Tale. I mean, we have one more segment we're doing later on. We haven't announced yet, but we'll just we'll get there when we get there. Oh, that's right. Cool it, Chad. Holden, this is the segment we call Playtime, where we find out what you played this week and how you mm-hmm. enjoyed it. What did you play this week? Because you played a lot more than I did. I played a lot this week. Yeah, I'm not going to go in depth about a lot of these because, first of all, you don't want to hear about Breath of the Wild again. I'm interested to know what you found to do in Breath of the Wild. I'm still finding new things to do. Let's I'm start doing, there. I'm... Holden, what did you do in Breath of the Wild this week? <laughs> Just to play a little bit of Breath of the Wild. And... How did that make you feel? Great. I love that game. The more I play it, the more I enjoy it. I'm at this point now where it's been a while, quote unquote, a while since I've played it. Uh-huh. So I can't remember quite where all the shrines are. So I'm kind of now exploring and like digging into the world a little bit. Okay. I'm finding like big monsters and stuff like Hinoxes and um, Stone Taluses that I haven't beaten yet. But um, I'm doing a master mode. I've I've left my master mode like roughly like halfway completed. So when I came back to it, I'd already kind of have some good items to use, as well as just a lot of stuff to do still. So for those of us who gave up after Ganon, what is master mode again? Master mode is a more difficult version of the game where every enemy is one level up. So there's no um, lower the lowest level. Like, um, Bobakin in the game is the second level Bobakin in the normal Bobakin. game. Bobakin. Bokoblin? right. Bacoblin. Yeah, there I'm we such go. a big fan. Yeah, you're a huge fan of... Bro- 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 <laughs> I just had a stroke, everyone. Call 911. You can't even come to say the game you hate uh, it so much. <laughs> Bokoblin. Holden, will um, you do your Arnold Schwarzenegger impression real quick? <laughs> 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 Sorry, continue. So, um, was oh yeah. So all the enemies are one level up. There's also a new higher level enemy that's the uh, highest level normal mode was silver. Now it's gold, and it just means that there's more health. So it just takes it's more health. It takes longer to kill these enemies. It also means that your lower level weapons are less effective against them. So when you're starting off the game, it's immensely harder, especially yeah. since you can't you have to attack them quickly because when they get hit, their health will start to recover, and it actually happens pretty quickly. Oh. It makes the boss battles slightly more challenging, but not too much so, honestly. Um, the bigger thing is is just that I'm playing the game again, and I'm enjoying playing the game again. <laughs> there you. are slight differences to, like, they're floating enemies on these kind of floating platforms. Those floating platforms tend to have chests that have kind of slightly better weapons like, like maybe two more opals durable instead of one or... opal that you're never going to use anyway oh no i just sell the opals and have a ton of rupees yeah but i'm enjoying this game cool also breath I'm of the wild it. what's next you don't want to hear about breath of the wild i'm done talking about breath of the wild anyway i've talked about it so much in this podcast you're just, well you're, you're just playing master quest for, for fun there was like no new content yeah, released or nothing that, okay yeah, um, I played Metro 2033, like I said earlier, but I'm not going to yeah. talk about that because we'll talk about that at the end of the month, but goddamn, I love that game. It's so good. It's just so much atmosphere. The atmosphere swear? is amazing. I did swear. I'm a big boy. I can swear. Oh my god. Swearing is cool, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I played some Hitman, and I really dug down into the menus of Hitman, and there's so much 
there's so many contracts in that game I didn't realize were there. Really? So, I felt like you played that game inside and out. Not exactly, no. Because um, like when you go, to, let's say you're in the Paris level, you do you do the main Paris mission. Was Paris level these... the one with the giant, like the music dance floor? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And I hope people got the Sapienza update. Its last day is today, which if you're listening to it means it's too late. <laughs> so too late to apologize. You missed it's it, but late. Sapienza level is free. So let's say you're doing the Paris level. There's the two main people you have to kill in that. Um, Gary Busey. In that level, uh, Gary Busey was one of the elusive contracts. That's different. Mm. Like a timed uh, exclusive. Um, that's not an entire exclusive. That doesn't make any sense. But you know what I mean? It's a timed event. Yep. There we go. Yep. But these are, okay, there's another guy in the level, and you know he's like a security guard on the top floor or something like that. And you have to take him out instead. So just kind of like a different challenge because he doesn't follow the same patterns that your other uh, targets have followed in the same level. Just a little bit different, but I still found them to be um, quite fun. Because I like that game a lot. Yeah. And then I played Pokemon Silver very briefly. But yes! I, why do I keep playing that game? Because I'm in that Pokemon mode now. I really want Pokemon Switch to come out. Pokemon mode! And Silver and Gold are the best versions of the game. I don't play the Crystal? whole, like, Gold's better than Silver. Silver's better than Gold. It's the same fucking thing. What do you want first? Luigi, or um, Lugia, or um, Ho-Ho? Ho-Ho. Ho-Ho, okay. Ho-Ho-O-O-O-Riley's. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a great game. I'm having fun with that one. I'm, I've discovered... been thinking about, like, mm, maybe I should go get Pokemon Crystal. But then I was like, no, shut up. You haven't beat Pokemon Yellow yet. You don't want to play your 3DS. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we got – I found a new game. And holy shit, I've, why have I never played this game before? It's been on many Nintendo consoles mm-hmm. before. Never played this once. It's called Picross. This yeah. one's called Picross S. Okay. Have you played Picross before? No, but I've seen the title a lot, and I think it's like a like a Tetris like puzzle game? Question mark. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever. It's really a puzzle seen game. It. It's okay. more like Sudoku than it is <clears throat> Sudoku. Sudoku. You sound just like my mom. Sudoku. 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 That's what she said. Sudoku. <laughs> Sudoku. Um, so in Picross, it's hard game to explain without seeing it. So I, I highly encourage looking it up. It's um, Picross. P I C R O S S. The object of the game is you have a grid. You're going to fill in the squares of the grid with, like, a color. And along the left side of the grid, there's a number to correspond with each column. There might be multiple numbers. And if there's, like, a five, it tells you, okay, there's going to be five um, five squares in the row that are colored in. Okay. And then you might have – it might be, like, five, one, two. So it's going to be, okay, there's going to be a set of five, then followed by one square, then followed by two squares together. Okay. But you have to line that up with the top <clears throat> row, which is giving you another set of numbers. And sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's a 10 by 10 uh, um, grid, and one of the rows or columns is 10. You go, okay, that one's easy. You fill it in. But you start to kind of realize that you have to find out the exact placement of where these are. And at the end of it, it gives you a little picture. Oh, that's so and it's cute. Great. So you're kind now, of guessing at the same time what this picture is going to be. Is this is this a Nintendo game or is it like Nintendo exclusive? I seem to think for some reason that it it has some kind of Nintendo exclusivity. So there are mobile versions of the game. Okay. It's not like it's basically. I only see the Picross brand game on Nintendo systems, but the puzzle type itself, you can get a free mobile app that does the same. Oh thing. right, the Sudoku. The Sudoku. Um, so I don't. It's not like any, it's not made by Nintendo. It's not exclusive to Nintendo, but it is 
really great. It is eight dollars on Switch. It's fantastic. Oh, nice. But you can get it for Across free S, on mobile. S stands for Switch. Probably, yeah. But it's been in all the Nintendo systems, and it's really fun. And you try to beat a score, like um, a t- there's a timer going, or more like a stopwatch. So it's kind of like, how quickly can I solve this ah, puzzle? Gotcha. Really addictive, really fun. Highly recommend I it. Sure. I sure. That's what I played this week. Chad, tell me Ooh. about all the games you played this week. Playtime with Chad includes two titles. Ooh. Because it was the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's weekend. So I spent, Chad is super religious. <laughs> I spent all weekend praying. With that. You're praying all yep. weekend. <laughs> um, so I played about 20 minutes of Metro 2033, but we'll talk about that at the end of the month. You played 20 whole minutes? Yeah, I did not have a good start with that game. Minutes. I had a you very bad start with that game. And like, in what way? Like, the game itself wasn't good, or it was just... It... I, I didn't understand a lot of the mechanics right off the bat. Yes, and I just—I got to wrap my head around. It's a ten-year-old game almost. Like, like yeah. I was the very first. Like, you're in the room with what's his name, Hunter, Hunter, and some guy with an A, and they're like they're sitting there Artyom. talking. Yeah, Artyom, and they're talking. That's and like, ooh, while they're talking, sitting down, I'm gonna go explore the room. And then the guy's like, blah 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 blah. I ran into this guy while I was gone, and he like holds out a postcard. But if you aren't looking straight at him, his voice doesn't tell you that he holds out a postcard. And I'm supposed to go pick up that postcard. He's like, well, I'm just walking around looking at this cabin. And this, <laughs> and then all the guys are coming and busting in through the vents. And I'm like, the door's open. A bunch of guys are running out through the door. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to go out through the door. So I'm running that way. And he's like, grab a gun. I was like, okay. He grabs his gun from this little locker. But I didn't see him do that. And my gun's like a little tiny sparkly thing at the bottom of that locker. And I'm like, okay, where's my gun? Where do I go? Looking in the corner, looking here. It's like, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to have a gun. So I beat that whole first encounter by literally just running in circles, avoiding everything, and then they shot everything. I was like, man, was I supposed to do that? And then at the end, Hunter says, that guy's a dead-eye shot. I was like, oh, I was supposed to have a gun. Where the fuck is the gun? So, yeah, the game yeah, is, I, I had a frustrating hold your hand start with it. At all. It doesn't tell you anything. It's something I kind of like is there's no, like, every first-person shooter starts with that bullshit, like... Um, we need to make sure your you know vital signs are okay. Look up for us, and it's like use the left stick to look up or something like that. And you do the stupid thing of like, all right, now look right, now look to the you know look to the side, yeah. turn around. Your camera controls and like it doesn't do any of that. It also doesn't tell you how the game works. It just yeah. you, just, you just go. Um, I just wish there had been like some indication, like even just a little flash or a glimmer or an yeah. arrow telling me, hey, your gun's at the bottom of this locker. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the encounter I, doesn't start until you have a gun in your hand. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of that has to do with the atmosphere. And it's to them, it's more about making you buy into this environment. And they'll sure. sacrifice telling you how the game works to do that. Because sure. it's always strange when they're like, um, I always open up my med pack by hitting the X button. It's like, oh, you do? You hit the X button? <laughs> Is that what you do? Okay. Yep. So I'm going to restart anyway. that one. I'm going to restart it. Yeah, restart it. Start restart. off with a bad taste in my mouth. I'm just going to like... Put in some Listerine, start fresh, <laughs> go in for a hard makeout sesh. Yeah. But then the only other thing that I really played, and I played this one for about maybe about an hour and a half and really enjoyed it, was the Wipeout Omega Collection in PlayStation VR. I'm very curious what you thought of that because it sounds super nauseating and very intense That's what you for would VR. Think. And it can be. It can be. But this is basically the Wipeout Omega Collection was the PS4 HD remaster. Mm-hmm of a 4k remaster of three wipeout games there's 
Fury, and the other twenty forty eight, and then uh, one yeah, more. all the all the things. Anyway, but they, you have them all on PS four, and it already looks stunning on PS four Pro because it's four K sixty frames yes. a second native. But then last week they released the free VR patch that lets you play every single piece yeah. of the game in VR, and I was like, oh, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do this." Why wouldn't <laughs> I do that? And I haven't found a racing game so far in VR that I liked, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try this guy out." And this is kind of like if you played Fast RMX on Switch or Fast Remix, whatever the hell, name your thing better. To be clear, though, Switch, Wipeout definitely came first. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But yeah. it's that same style, you know, fast-paced, yeah. futuristic cars on it's a cool style of racing game um it is definitely a game it has a ton of like vr concessions that you can make different Mm -hmm. different styles for comfort comfort things yeah that game moves so fast it has by default it tells you hey we've turned on everything every possible comfort thing we could have on you it is on so there are settings for uh, we like really automatically going to make you vomit, so we turned on everything. Right, right. <laughs> so it's like they turn on the make sure you don't bump into the walls that much. They turned on. Uh, there are options for whether the camera is locked to your character's head as it moves, mm-hmm. whether it's locked to the cockpit of the car, or whether the camera is locked to the track. And each one moves slightly okay. differently. So you have those kind of options. There's also in VR. There's this weird thing where like the less you see the less like your the less periphery that you have available to you the less nauseating it can be so they yeah, have options that. for like you have full access and you're seeing everything from your cockpit or they've shuttered it in a little bit or shuttered it in a lot and you're only seeing basically a screen in front of you almost well that's so, like a waste uh, well yeah it's that at that point it's like well that's a little too far but you can scale back each of those options mm-hmm. so i played around with all of them i started out and i was like I could see how this can make someone sick, but it's fun. I was like, I want to try out some of these other options. And so I like turned off all the extremes and I was like, I'm going to barf. And then I was like, (laughs) let's turn back on some of these things. But yeah, so I wouldn't recommend playing this as your first VR game. If you haven't built up a tolerance to it, then you're not going to have a fun time with it. But if you've played a little bit of VR and you found a setting that works for you, this game is so much freaking fun. Like I love the Wipeout games. I had actually the only one I played was on Vito. It was twenty forty eight, and they are outrageously fun. Yeah, yeah, Just it's super, super cool. fast paced, hectic, great fast paced. Like the Mario Kart type combat with the missiles and the cannons yes. and the mines and all that shit. It's but... impossible to aim those missiles though because they're moving so goddamn fast. Not in VR, it's not. Oh, I bet you just look at it uh, and it shoots there. But this, it's I mean, like in a driving game or in driving real life, not a game. Like, oh, I'm coming up on a, cur- a turn or a curve, and I'll just, like, I'm going to tilt my head to the right to look and see how it's coming, and then I'll kind of adjust there. It's it's so natural to do that in VR, mm-hmm. and I love it. It was great. So I'm definitely going to play some more of that. I played Wipeout on uh, Vita a lot when it first came out. Yes. And that I think that's the only one I've ever played before this. So there's a yeah, lot of it's... content for me to get through. The, that, even that game itself was pretty big. I remember there being a lot of tracks and a lot of cars or it's that hovers. big things. old game. Or is she a great big fat person? Nope, I haven't seen her. That's from uh, <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are the games that we played this we week. We played it. We did it. We played some time. There are some games we didn't play, however. So what we're going to talk a little bit about the games from last month that we didn't play, but we want to talk about. And kind of let's oh, know what yeah. other people thought about them. That we want to talk about other people's opinions of. <laughs> what was that? 
some games that we want to talk about other people's opinions of. Yes. So we have three <laughs> games. Uh, we usually pick three games for leaderboard. Uh, we have Nino Kuni 2. We have Far Cry 5. And then we have Sea of Thieves, which we will talk about later on for our main quest. Yeah. So Nino Kuni 2 did very well critically. It got an 85 on uh, Metacritic. 67 were positive. Six were mixed. None were negative. Look at that. Good for you. Level 5? That's your Level 5, yeah. Level 5, yeah. And it's actually interesting with the reviews of this game because half of the people who liked it loved it for different reasons, and the other half loved it for the exact opposite reasons, it seems like. It was very strange how that kind of worked out. Cause, Go on. Well, Nino Kuni is a widely acclaimed JRPG. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, um, a lot of hype around this new one just because of the legacy of the first game. And people loved the first game for its storytelling, its characters, and like those were the two big things. And that seems like what's missing in this one is that the characters aren't as strong and the story's not as interesting. However, the combat's a lot better. It's real-time mm-hmm. combat this time around. And there's this really cool, deep um, city-building mechanic where you're trying to build up your this kingdom. And in your kingdom, you can have different civilians research different things that will then help you in combat later on. So it's kind of this, ah. they balance each other out. So people like it a lot because that combat system and just how deep it can get compared to the previous Dino Kuni game. Whereas Some that of the comparisons was... I've been hearing about the combat system in particular yeah. is like Nino Kuni 1 is more like Pokemon almost. Yeah. Whereas Nino Kuni 2 is more like Pikmin. Where yes. you have a few different types and you're collecting mm-hmm. them and, and using them. Yes. And it kind of goes, they go further in the combat direction. Whereas Nino Kuni, the first one, went further in the storytelling and character department. So they kind of are different in that sense. The art style, however, is exactly the same, which is super gorgeous. It looks amazing. Gorgeous, darling. It's gorgeous. gorgeous. Gorgeous stuff. But I just love some of the reviews I was looking at had really different perspectives. One says that there's been a lack of memorable characters. There's not really like many deep, interesting characters in this game. Another one says this is the a very well-told story with great characters I cared a lot about. <laughs> and it's the best JRPG I've played in years. And I think what that comes down to is it seems that the side quests of this game really flesh out some of the characters. So ah. I think depending on how much the side quests you partake in, you might get to know these characters a lot better. Gotcha. So, kind so of it's depends. like in Mass Effect 2, if you did Jack's side quest and you're yes. like, oh man, now I really know you, Jack, and you're a lot more badass than I thought. In a way, yes. Okay. Okay. Great game, Mass Effect 2. Awesome game. And that Jack was, was a great awesome. game. Yeah, Jack was so freaking cool. Yeah. Who did so you romance? Did... I think I romanced Jack in that game. Although I played I it twice. I don't remember I who Jack I romanced. Once. I don't remember who I did the other time. I don't remember, honestly. I want I want them to release a trilogy collection of that series so badly. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, It's the only trilogy collection I really want, outside of a Zelda one on Switch. I want an HD Zelda trilogy on Switch. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that's Nino Kuni 2. It did very well. well it was um, 85, the, right? 85 on Metacritic. We have Far Cry 5 is the next game. That also did very well. Cinco de cuatro. Interesting what to point out, though, is that there's always a little bit of a difference between games and Metacritic and how they do per console. Yeah. 
Like it's usually like eighty and eighty two or like ninety one and ninety. Like it's never a huge difference. Like Check the this PlayStation out, Far 4 Cry 5. versus the Xbox One version versus PC. Versus yeah. PC. So on the high end, Xbox One was eighty four. PS four was eighty one. It's a bigger difference than normal. But then PC is seventy eight. Whoa. That's a big big range. But like Nino Kuni, most people liked this game a lot. Um, it got a uh, sixty one positive scores, ten mixed, and also zero negative. And it, with this game, I'll be honest, reading some of the reviews for this, because we just played Far Cry, and I didn't really care for or Far Cry 4. I didn't really care for it that much, but this sounds a lot better. Even though they say it's very familiar with how it feels in the game, it's very, very open-ended. That's like the big positive that I'm seeing from this. Yeah. It actually reminded me a lot of Breath of the Wild in the sense that you start off in a tutorial area, you complete the tutorial area, and then it's go anywhere, do anything, there's a bot. There's a uh, the kind of three major uh, bosses before you get to the main boss, and you can do them in any order you want to. You don't have to do anything in any particular order. It's all about wherever you want to go. And that's I, I clearly they didn't get inspired by Breath of the Wild for that because they've been developing this game for a long time. But it's nice to see that that's a direction that a lot of these developers are going in now. I think it's a really good idea for open world games to have that much freedom. Yeah. Um, but like we kind of felt about Far Cry 4, the characters aren't that interesting. I don't remember who any of them are. The story is kind of, uh. That seems to be the case here. So a lot of the characters aren't super interesting. Um, the villain has this kind of cool concept of he's a cult leader. But initially they don't do much with it. Kind of just the big dilemma is that uh, they're preparing for uh, the an apocalypse, like an impending apocalypse to to arise. But it's really vague what that even means. However, most reviewers have said it builds to something very cool in the end, and it was worthwhile. But it was apparently like a very tail-end kind of thing. So, yeah. basically, you're going to appreciate the story more if you beat it, which a lot of people don't beat Far Cry. They Yeah, with the size of that open world and all the tasks and things like that. Yeah. It's a shame. But it's just so cool how it works. Like, So you go to an area and you need to take on that boss, but you need to kind of get resistance points. And you do that by completing some side missions in that area to kind of build support. And then they end up, um, then you end up kind of taking on that head boss. However, there are these odd moments in the game where you're pulled out of the open structure and like, okay, you've reached a certain number of resistance points. Now the boss of that area is coming after to kidnap you and you can do nothing about it. We're going right. to force you into a, uh, into a story mission where you have to escape from that boss. That happens for every boss. And that just sounds kind of contrary to the open structure that seemed really strong in the game. So yeah. that's kind of a letdown. But again, most games follow a similar structure to that, where it's like, oh, you've done all these different side quests. Now you have to do this next one before you can do anything else. It's not super unusual. It just seems kind of contrary to the open scope initially. The co-op sounds awesome. You can do the entire game in co-op, which you've not been able to do before. Yeah, I, there's a part of it that I'm put off by is that, yes, you can do the entire game in co-op, but it doesn't count for the person who's joining the game. Yes, that's, like, that's kind of like, like how if, Bloodborne and Dark Souls work. Right, yeah. So like, if yeah. you're hosting the game and then I join you for a couple of missions, and then when I go back to my game, i got to do those missions again. I have to wonder, is it because so, technically it's just difficult to pull of that off? Is, is off-putting to me. Or is it that you can approach things so differently per playthrough that they want you to experiment? Oh, when I played it with Bob, I 
you know, went straight in, all guns a-blazing. I'm going to try it stealthy this time. Now that I know the enemies are and what the placement is of the enemies, I can kind of just try a different approach and see how that plays out. I'm not sure if it's, they're doing it to encourage experimentation or just it's hard to code. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of curious which one that is. Uh, if you don't want to do co-op, though, online, you can always do, um, like, a, an AI assistant, which can... That's the part that intrigues me most. So they say it works in the sense that they kind of fill in your weaknesses. Like, whatever you're... They kind of complement your weaknesses. So you can kind of be- make yourself better by having someone else who does things you don't do. But they can range from a person... To an animal, and my favorite is like there's a bear, a bear named cheeseburger. cheeseburger. Yep, bear named cheeseburger. Yep. I love that. That's awesome. Um, so that sounds interesting. But they say that they're also not smart some of the time. That's not again super uncommon for AI, AI characters. But yeah. I didn't get the sense they were bad. They're just kind of like, hey, they're really good. Except some moments they just kind of fail you for some reason. Dumb. So it's kind of like the overall look. I think some of the few things I want to hit on that I really sounded really good is um, there's no mini-map. They really want you to... Oh, yeah. I actually like that a lot. I turned mini-map off in Breath of the Wild and actually really improved my experience because I'm not looking at one corner of the screen the whole time. And I know in Assassin's Creed Origins, they did the same thing. Like they were doing playtesting. And the playtesting, they were looking at where people's eyes were looking at screen. And like, well, they're missing so much in this game world because there's a little box they're looking at instead. Yep. And so I think that was that was a good move. I enjoy that. And then, it's like um, teaching for the test instead of actually educating your students. <laughs> exactly. That's a great analogy. Yep. One criticism I just don't understand is that there's unchallenging satire in Far Cry. And, like, when has Far Cry really been satire? It's kind of a, you're, you're in a sandbox, there's guns and planes and cars and blow shit up. Like, I don't... It's not GTA. I don't know. That seems like an odd criticism to me. I think because it's in yeah. America, people want it to be this critique, especially well, where it's we are in America. And the main character like loves guns. All of his friends all own their own gun shops, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like they've really leaned into that. So I feel like it, this one, more so than the others, were meant to be a little bit more satirical. I think. I think it's hard to make a game satirical in, in a political sense because a politics can change from time to time and you're making this game four years in advance yeah how do you really be satirical of a moment in history when it could be too late you make two games and then whichever one we happen to be in at the time they finish release that one yeah that sounds not expensive at all (laughs) (laughs) um but then we have our last game for leaderboard and then i'll stop talking i promise it i will stop talking whoa and this one's for the just super well-received Instant classic game, Sea of Thieves, mm, which is none classic. of the things that I just said. <laughs> I hear mostly negative things about this game. However, the Metacritic score is a 69. <laughs> <laughs> Chad likes that. If you're um, looking, if you're listening to a podcast that supports chapters and pictures, look on down at the screen right now. <laughs> look at number four. <laughs> <laughs> What did you do? Oh, you'll see. (laughs) (laughs) So, you got a 69 on Metacritic, 16 were positive, 40 were mixed, and 2 were negative. And I kind of figured this was not going to be a well-received game. 
Matter of fact, yeah. um, I there's a YouTuber named Angry Joe. He does like very long form reviews, and he I don't know if he coined it, but he said it over and over again. And the review was No Man Sees. This game is No Man Sees. It's the same problem No Man's Sky has is which is it's super unbelievably repetitive, and there are these kind of moments of of genius, but they're so fleeting it's not worth it in the grand scheme. Yeah, I think well, I think the the biggest difference we'll talk about this a little bit uh, in more in depth later in the episode, but I think another the biggest difference is that Sea of Thieves Sea of Thieves seems to be like a really really fun chat room that you experience with friends basically. Yeah, it's like that's a chat room that you get a bunch of cool shit that you can do shoot each other out of cannon cannon. That's actually the IGN quote here I have is a uh, most beautiful chat room ever. Yeah. And it Whereas kind of No Man's true. Sky was a big old turd on every aspect. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. still like, like I that know, game, but I, I understand the criticisms. I'm not going to say it's this amazing classic no one understands. People understand it. They just didn't <laughs> like it. So, But the problem with this game is that I think this is worse than No Man's Sky. Because at least in No Man's Sky, you were seeing things you hadn't seen before. You can always go to something different. Like, oh, I don't like this planet. I'm going to go to another planet. But in this game, it seems like there are two things for you to do the entire time. Three. Three things, yeah, three things. You can kill skeletons, you can get treasure, and you can collect animals. Yeah. And there's different factions you go to for these side quests. And they're just generally, uh, they are procedurally generated, and it's, it's just, they're just copies of each other. It's just that over and over again. Yeah. And there are these things that are cool, like there are black holes in No Man's Sky. That's very, very cool, but they don't happen very often. In this, you have the Kraken kind of cool but it doesn't happen very often and some of you pointed out it's not that interesting when it happens like it's just these tentacles coming out of the sea if you jump in the water to see the kraken there's nothing there it's tentacles coming out of the water and that's just kind of a letdown but like the moments that are fun kind of comes from that chat room aspect which is um using your telescope to look around the seas and around your ship and all of a sudden you open your crewmates in your telescope lens and he's eating a banana and it just makes you laugh because it's ridiculous. <laughs> like those are the kind of moments that seem to be fun in this game are those really small micro things, but that's not worth $60. Yeah. You can get it with Xbox Game Pass. I think it's, if you're going to play this game, get Xbox Game Pass. Don't spend $60 to get this game. Spend the $10 of the month and if you don't like it, cancel it. But you should still keep Xbox Game Pass because it's a good value. Um, going further into this, there's just no progression. Your character doesn't progress at all. Everything you kind of attain that's better is just like a new piece of clothing that you can only see if you decide to start dancing. Otherwise, your first person perspective, <laughs> you, you can't see it. If you decide to start dancing. <laughs> Everyone says that the first few hours are really good, but it just falls apart after that. Yeah. I think they were like... relying way too heavily on the, like... Oh no, I ran into another pirate ship and now we're going to have a battle or I've collected this treasure, I beat all the skeletons, but then somebody else ransacks the island and shoots me in the head. Like that's what they were hoping would happen more as I think. I'm honest, but I'm so surprised this happened. I want to go back to the No Man's Sky comparison because I think it's an apt comparison. No Man's Sky was made by a really small team, like 4 to 10 people or something like that. And this game seems to be equal in terms of the content but not in scope, and it was made by Rare, a developer with a great legacy of making good games in the past, not as much recently. But I don't know. I just connect like, sports. Come on, man. <laughs> what like what if they? What do they work on? I just don't understand what. 
what happened. I mean, they announced this game, like, what, three years ago or something like that? Which means they're working on it beforehand as well. This game's been in development for a long time, and there just doesn't seem to be a lot to show for it. And I, I expect that they will continue to update it. They will continue to put things in there. But it just doesn't seem there's there that much there right now. There's just there's a huge incentive to play this game. There's only two ships in the game you can get, which is ridiculous. That is absurd. In a game about ships. Yeah, in a game about ships, there's only two. Um, The best thing people are saying about it is that it's the best-looking water they've ever seen in a video game. That's all I keep hearing. I just want to download it to look at the water. Yeah, even the people who are the most critical said the water looks beautiful. So I'm... We'll get more into like how this relates to Xbox and all that, but it's it's definitely a letdown of a game. And yeah. the issue is that No Man's Sky got a lot better in the most in you know the past year or so. Um, no one cares because it sucked initially, and that's I think what's going to happen here is this game could be awesome if they added some more unique storylines and side quests. This game could be incredible. It's not, so when they update it, no one's going to care. Yeah. It's sad. So that got a 69. <laughs> 69. But that is leaderboard this yeah. week. Yeah. So this, that's all yeah, the things month. that came out last month. I added a new segment. I came up with it today. We don't have a name for it yet, but there's a new segment. And we're going to call it. We're going to call it Boom. And <laughs> for now. <laughs> it's uh, all the games that are coming out this month in April. Because too often. Do I be like, man, when is that game coming out? I was like, oh, shit, it came out four months ago? How did I miss that? I want to be excited for something. Also, plan and budget for your favorite games. That way, Mm -hmm. you're an adult. So I just wanted to run through. There's not much to get this month. (laughs) There are a couple of things worth getting. Eh. So I'm going to just highlight a couple of things that uh, are coming out April 10th, which is next week. Owlboy, which was already released on Switch, an indie game that got a lot of praise there, is coming out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. On the 17th of April, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, coming to PS4. And then on April 20th, (laughs) 420. (laughs) The two biggest games. God of War comes out on PlayStation 4. Oh, I meant to send this to you. If you get a chance, this is a... Everyone should listen to this because it's really fascinating, especially if you're into God of War. There's an interview with Corey Balrog, the the um, head of Santa Monica Studios, who makes God of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an interview with him on Kind of Funny Games Cast this week, where they talk about a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of things from the length of the game, why it started as 15 and then ended up at like 30-ish. So I think that'll put your thing at ease. Yes, because that's the one thing I'm like, oh boy, so you're playing for 15 hours and it ended up being 20 hours more. It sounds like you have some serious pacing issues. Yep. I would love to hear an answer on that. That's my number so one concern of the game. It, that's in there. There's like all of the game mechanics, why they chose to do certain things, why they changed up the battle systems in specific ways. Uh, it's a really fascinating interview. So go listen to that. Kind of, I think it's kind of funny Gamescast this week. Mm-hmm. Um. God of War comes out 420, also on 420. Uh, This hasn't gotten any coverage in a while. So so Nintendo Labo comes out. All your cardboard dreams come true. Both the Variety Kit and the Robot Kit. Variety Kit and the Robot Kit. Finally be a robot. And both of them include Labo Garage, Mm -hmm. which allows you to make your own shit. Then coming out the 24th, I just have a soft spot for Adventure Time. I'm sure this game is going to suck. But on April 24th, Adventure <laughs> Time, Pirates of the Enchiridion comes out on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Did you ever watch Adventure Time? Yeah, I don't like it. 
You're an idiot. You don't like Rick and Morty either, do you? No, I don't. God, why don't you just like show I'm up so in heaven boring. already? <laughs> and then another game coming out that same day, the 24th, that I think everybody should play, especially those Including who are 10 your or younger. Children. Yes. Yeah. South Park the Fractured Butthole comes out on Nintendo Switch on April Ooh. 20th. So get your wallets out, make your little budgets, get your little checkbook and balance it. And then when you win the photo contest, add that in there. Holden, that's a lot of shit. We are 48 minutes into this podcast. Yeah. Let's open up our quest log and take a look at what the internet provided for us. What is our first quest from? Tell us about them fetch quests. So we have one from uh, Twitter user Marcus Sellers, who's an industry insider. Although there's been a lot of debate as to his credibility lately, so I'm hesitant to say this. But I've heard other people say it, which is why I'm saying this. So um, Super Smash Brothers uh, for Switch is going to see the return of Ice Climbers. It's going to have a story mode that's modeled around two-player co-op. That gets me hard. I believe Ice Climbers, I don't know about it. I don't think people would care if Ice Climbers No one gives a shit that. about Ice Climbers but Colin but Moriarty. Two-player <laughs> two co-op, however, it's a Switch. It's got the Joy-Con thing. That makes yeah, it does. perfect sense. Oh, I can see God. That so, I want Switch Smash Bros. now. <laughs> uh, so that's exciting. Um, and then... We have another episode of the, whatchamacallits, um, the Inside, Inside Xbox, Xbox is debuting on April 10th, and they say there's going to be a big update on Xbox uh, backwards compatibility. Yeah, big news on that one, and they said they're just going to start the episode with that. Did yes. you watch the first one? No. Me neither, but apparently I heard it was lackluster. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they oh. release a lackluster episode for the first one? They should have been like, guys, Halo 6, know. Inside I Xbox. I don't know. Fortnite is now available on all mobile phones, on all iOS Ooh. phones, Android still TBA. Uh, you don't have to have an invite anymore. But if you're in school, stop it. There's even a warning now at the beginning of the game that says don't play this in class. Really? Have you seen, have you seen all of this stuff about kids playing it in school? No. It is apparently ruining the classroom. Like, there are, there are thousands of tweets from teachers being like, well, our school Wi-Fi is shit now because everyone's playing Fortnite mobile and I can't access my email anymore. <laughs> It's it's like for all you young listening to our show, school's really important. You cannot do homework later on and play Fortnite at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Holden, do you actually have the Xbox Games with Gold in front of you and PlayStation Plus games? I do. April? Yes, I am very Read them excited. Shits off. Read them shits off. I think Xbox Game with Gold is fucking gold this week or this oh, month. Oh, I get it. You, you get the same it. See what I did there? That was a really clever wordplay. I don't think you know what clever means. I don't know what clever means. I'm an idiot. (laughs) So one is The Witness is going to be on Xbox One and uh, that game is amazing. It is the the best puzzle game you can get on consoles. Just period. It's incredible. If you have an Xbox try playing it. It's not for everybody, but try playing it. It's amazing. That game, I uh, will never play it. And by that I mean I played a little bit at your house, maybe like six minutes and I said, no, this game is not for me. Mm-hmm. But I watched an entire twenty-minute speedrun of that game yesterday. Oh, I didn't see that video. How was that? It was, I mean, like, it's exactly. I mean, it's, it's watching somebody run across an island and do line puzzles incredibly quickly. And it was like, I don't know why I sat there and watched all twenty minutes of this instead of doing something <laughs> productive with my life. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like it's an interesting game that you can watch people shoot things or platform. It's like, no, no he's no. just going to go there and solve this puzzle quickly and draw this it's... line really quickly and. A brilliant game. 
it's it's surprising yes, I mean, how much I appreciate stuff there is. it. I know how deep it is. I know that everybody loves it. But you guys aren't a big puzzle game fan, so I'm it's not, not a puzzle for game you. fan. No. Yeah. But there's a game that's on Xbox uh, Gold that you would love because I know you like this game already. What is that? Uh, Xbox One, X, Xbox 360, because it's backwards compatible. Yep. Dead Space Two is coming. Ooh, that's a big I did one. enjoy that game. I, I did didn't play that. that one. I played the first one and loved the shit out of it. Don't know why I didn't play two. Don't know why two is a little bit more action focused. But I like you start out the game, and Isaac Clark is just like he's in a mental institution because his brain is so fucked up. Because he's not he's not a big action hero. He's like mm-hmm. I'm a normal miner dude on this mining colony on this planet, and then a bunch of aliens attacked, and I'm using my yeah, plasma. He saw some cutter crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. So he's like he's fucked up from it. So he's hallucinating shit like that. I thought that was a really cool story thing. Mm-hmm. PS Plus has a good month. Not as good as Xbox, I don't think, but um, it has Mad Max for PS4, which I yeah, haven't played. I want to play. You played it, didn't, didn't you? Yeah, I played most of it. It's, again, just like Far Cry, just like all those other Ubisoft-type checkbox games. Like, I did about three quarters of it, and I said, I got it. Good game. Okay. Really fun. I'll try Excellent it out. mechanics. There's also Trackmania Turbo, which I don't know anything about, but don't apparently know. it's good. Sounds like it. It's Turbo. Yeah, it's Turbo. It's like it that snail on Netflix. And those are the two games coming to PlayStation Plus for April that are PS4 supported. Uh, there are a couple other ones that are like cross buy or something like that. That there's one of those cross buys. As... It's Qbert rebooted PS Vita yes! cross buy with PS3 and PS4. What happens if you put your wiener in Qbert's nose? I don't even know what Qbert is. What's Qbert? Are you kidding me? I'll look this up right now. What's Qbert? Are you kidding me? Oh, okay. Yeah, see, you can put your penis in his nose. I can see that now. I see why that, that oh phrase makes gosh. sense. Oh, my gosh. I don't recommend it because you'd have to – it just hit the TV screen. Uh, but, yeah, Mad Max is definitely worth downloading. It's fun. It's fun? Even if you don't beat the whole thing. Take us through our last two fest, fetch quests, Chad. Uh, I actually don't know anything about these, so you're Okay, right. I'll go for it then. <laughs> so, Spider-Man release date is going to be revealed tomorrow. It is – ga- Yeah, so it is – it is coming 2018. They have said that. It is this year. It'll be re- revealed tomorrow. Game Informer is their cover of the month this year. This oh, month. God. I'm so wet. <laughs> so at 11 a.m., the digital issue will be released. And then at some point after that, someone should leak it. So, Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Very exciting. And the other one is just that there are some interesting changes coming to Dark Souls Remastered is what the headline says. Either interesting is up to, to you or not. I have three that I thought were uh, worthwhile to talk about. If you play online in Dark Souls Remastered, you can go from four to six players now. Oh. So you have more players online. You have to have a certain item called the Dead Finger, but it's easier to get. It wasn't Dark Souls originally, but um, it's easier to get now. You you can just buy it from a vendor. There's going to be a password matchmaking system, just like they had in Dark Souls 3, so it's easier to play with your friends. Good. And then there's also, and this is meaningless to me, but it sounds like a big deal because I haven't played Dark Souls before, the first one. But there's a the bonfire. They moved a bonfire to be closer to the blacksmith, so you can kind of get to the blacksmith more easily. So very subtle changes. Great. And I don't imagine they would make huge changes to this game because Great. don't want to mess with it too much. But there are bigger stories than that to talk about, and I want to jump mm. into that right now. Quests proper, like number one, the most important of the week, Pokemon Go. Adds Mew and new quest mode. And let me tell you how excited I am for this. Okay, so 
I would mean to ask you, what does this quest mode mean? Because that's, I think, what's been kind of missing is an ongoing element to Pokemon Go that's not just catch more Pokemon. Yes. And that, I mean, I've been talking about for a while, like, my involvement with Pokemon Go is it is a thing that I do on my way to other places instead of looking forward on the sidewalk. But now it's yes. like, oh, shit, Mew is out there. Looking is overrated. I know, right? And it, in order, it like gives you things and reasons to catch Pokemon that you wouldn't normally do. Like, there are two types of quests. One of them is a uh, research, field research. And it's like, mm-hmm. you get these from Pokestops, and you can complete as many as you want in a day. But they're like, catch five Pokemon in a row with a great throw, or catch three fire-type Pokemon, or shit like that. Or hatch three eggs, and you get mm-hmm. either like a bunch of Stardust, or an encounter with an uncommon Pokemon. If you do one of those for seven days, on the seventh day, you get the opportunity to encounter a legendary Pokemon. Ooh. Which... Until now, has only been accessible in raids that you have to do, and you basically have no chance of winning unless there are 20 people there at the same time fighting the raid with you. And even then, the chances of catching it are very slim. So I gave up on those way back in November. But I'm really glad that there's like a single-player story-focused way that I could get these legendary ones now instead of raids, which is cool. But then there's the Mew thing. This adds all of this other... This, these are the special research. And you get, like, little things from Professor Willow. And he's like, hey, yo. Who the fuck is Professor Willow? Okay, shut up. He's awesome. <laughs> he's the cool version of Professor Oak. Whoa, you just pissed off a lot of yeah. Pokemon fans there. Well, he's the original. The shoe fits. He, uh, <laughs> he gives you eight different quests. And these quests are like, ooh, Mew has been spotted around these areas. It's like, get familiar, like, do a couple of raids here, a couple of things here, like, little kind of mm-hmm. checkbox type things. But then there's things like, oh, he might be, we got some readings that he might be disguising himself as other people, so you have to, like, catch a ditto. And in the game, ditto doesn't just show up. You just have to catch other bunch of shit, and one of them might be a ditto. And it's like, also catch, like, ten ghost types. So it's kind of like the same type of stuff, but the rewards are better, and at the very okay. end, you get Mew. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, let's say uh, I'm back in, and by that I mean I never left, but now I'm excited to be playing it again. This is your most played game. Like, this you, is. You play this it is. every day. I do. Every single day, but three days since it came out almost two years ago. I took a break for three yeah. days because I thought I was going to give it up, but then Farfetch'd, which was Japan only, was available for only a few hours. And you had to play, and you and got sucked And I fucking in again. had to play. It got sucked right back in. Well. All right, so the rest me. of the news is bullshit. Uh, all right let me find one here that is interesting um we'll stick with pokemon for a second here there were some leaked images of pokemon Ah, switch apparently showing off (laughs) and they're they're questionable to say the least for starters the person who says hey i found these pictures but i'm not going to show them yet because i don't know if i can show them so he just described them at first, and then he ended up. <laughs> oh my God! It's like Joseph Smith with the golden plates in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> hey, I got these gold plates. God said this. I promise. I'll describe them, but I'm not allowed to show them to you. <laughs> <laughs> but he did end up showing them off, and then that's where kind of more skepticism came into play. But the things that he is saying is things that have been confirmed by other leakers of Pokemon Switch. Ah, okay. So, and the, these things are not hugely revelatory they all make sense like if i were to make up fake speculation on pokemon go these would be the things i would speculate on pokemon switch pokemon switch yeah for starters 
you start Pokemon battles by running into the Pokemon. You can see them all running around now. Apparently. Nice. You can have any Pokemon follow you around. Just like in Heart Gold and Soul Silver, which nice. I welcome that. That's the best thing about Pokemon Yellow. Actually, I'd say the primary reason to play Pokemon Yellow. And then there's also Pokeride, which is where you can ride on top of certain Pokemon. So when you're like surfing, for example, and it's like a Lapras, you will actually see yourself sitting on top of a Lapras going in the water. So then he posted the pictures, and the pictures were blurry, for starters. And people pointed out that one of the islands in the background of the picture was square. It's like if they're putting this thing on Switch, it's not going to look like the Game Boy versions where all the land masses are <laughs> blocky. So there was a lot of skepticism. People pointing out that it might just be a picture of an emulator of Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon or Sun and Moon on a PC up the graphics a little bit. Yeah. And that's why it looks a little bit better. So there's a lot of skepticism around it, but it's I wonder this more just because the things that are being talked about in terms of new features are things that have been confirmed elsewhere as well. So cool. there's that. Not a huge story, but I thought it was worth at least talking about. The images yeah. though, if you've seen them, they do look horrible. There's no way that they're real. I haven't seen them. They're awful. I'll send you a picture of one. It's just it's it is blurry. Like it's it's not blurry as if the picture was taken blurry. It's blurry as if it was taken and then a blur filter was added to it, <laughs> which would immediately make it um, not uh, legitimate. He said he wasn't sure if he could show them. <laughs> oh man, are you a PlayStation VR fanatic? Do you not have one yet, and somehow are still a fanatic? <laughs> <laughs> It has a permanent price drop, so that one ninety nine sweet spot that has been on sale for a few times in the last few months is now the permanent price of the PlayStation bundle. One ninety nine for the like bare minimum bundle. However, you can also find now one ninety nine at some retailers will also include. I thought it was two ninety nine. Two ninety nine is the Doom bundle with the okay camera and the headset. Gotcha. Okay. One ninety nine is the headset by itself. If you already have the camera. Gotcha. Move controllers. One thing that's missing though with the two ninety nine is the move controllers. The move controllers are not in the right, the but they are in bundle. the three forty nine Skyrim bundle now. Yes, but yeah, some places you can find actually the Doom bundle for one ninety nine. Some retailers have like made that on sale, or they'll include the one ninety nine version just with a copy of Doom as well. Maybe not in the camera, but these are all good things. This needs to happen. Yeah, they are good things, especially I guess we. Didn't we... No, maybe we talked about this last week. Like, especially among the HTC Vive Pro coming out this week. All the Mm -hmm. reviews are going up about that, and they're like, man, it adds some pretty good features, but at a price point that is way too insane. Yeah. So to see that this is now, like, on the opposite side of the spectrum, that this is now, like, insanely affordable. Mm Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Sweet. I think this is a really cool story. Um, there's been some teasing of Spyro Treasure Trilogy coming out. <laughs> yep. And the way that the company is apparently hinting very strongly at its release is quite clever. So a few gaming um, uh, uh, outlets, such as like IGN, received in the mail a purple egg with scales. And it says, something's about to hatch. And it's from Falcon McBob. Falcon McBob on Twitter, his hashtag is at Spyro the Dragon. His Twitter handle. His Twitter handle is at Spyro the Dragon. I don't do the social medias, okay? <laughs> I try my best. I'm 105 years old. 
So it's called uh, it's at Spyro uh, the Dragon, who was just also this is an update to the story was just followed by the Crash Bandicoot Twitter account, which only follows fourteen people, both of which are owned by well, if this is real, both of them are owned by Activision. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it makes sense that they would do that. This seems pretty credible. It's been rumored for a long time. I think this is a really fun way of saying, hey, look, Spyro's coming soon. Kind of gets that hype train talking, all that internet buzz buzz on the Twitter. Slightly, very much unrelated. <laughs> did, you, <laughs> did you ever see last year the guy who discovered the secret about KFC's Twitter account? No. So KFC's fried chicken has the secret 11 herbs and spices. And that's like the recipe to their fried chicken. And so this guy on Twitter posted about it and he said, guys, look at everyone who KFC is following. And if you go and look at it, they're following 11 people. And it's the five Spice Girls and six random guys named Herb. (laughs) 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 And... They uh, they tweeted him back and like gave him lifetime supply of KFC or something like that. They're like, I can't believe you figured it out. That's awesome. <laughs> that that is pretty amazing. Yep. Oh man, it's about fucking time. They just need to flat out announce it. No man's sky. No Speak man's of the sky. devil, and he shall appear. No man's sky come into no Xbox. Man's sky. Um, Xbox was there a date given for this one? Original? Uh, no, just summer. Uh, coming in the summer. And it has this big next update as well. Now, the next update I didn't care to read about because it's No Man's Sky. But what I am interested (laughs) in talking about real quick is, is this an opportunity for this game to actually catch on? Because as you mentioned, it launched on PS4. No one gave a shit about it because it was terrible. And now it's good, Mm -hmm. but no one cares because they're they're impressed. It's better. This is is now a brand new audience that's getting it. greater good. It's better. Okay. (laughs) This is a brand new audience now that's getting it for the first Mm -hmm. time. And their first experience with it will be... The better of the yeah, two it's options. coming with all of the updates to it, and the next update. Um, there is nothing that's been said about it other than and this is a quote from Sean Murray, the uh, co-founder of Hello Games. We call this update next because it's an important step on a longer journey um, for us and the community. And then he also says that where was it? it is by far our biggest update so far. And some of these updates they've been releasing are pretty big. One of them introduces an entire story mode. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Yeah, and I'm not, to, but... I'm, I'm very curious. Um, I don't care what you have to think, say about this. I because know. I'm just saying. It's going to be big. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. I just like being contrarian. <laughs> to be contrarian would be you like the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, contrarian to you. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see what they what they do with that. Nice, and Xbox, nice, is, nice. It's, I think it's gonna be fifty bucks on Xbox as well, not sixty, Ooh, which is still too much. Still There's still a much, lot yep. more content in there, so I think it's easier to argue it is worth that much. But I think they'd have an easier time if they did forty or thirty dollars. All these updates on PlayStation have they been part of like a season pass or are they free updates? Totally free. Okay. And next will be yeah, free as well. Is, fifty bucks is too much then. Yeah. So. We got we'll Dragon we'll Quest see. Eleven coming, though. That's exciting. It is exciting. This is uh, coming in September to the West, already mm-hmm. out in Japan. Yes. This is the game that um, there are several versions of it. There's a 3DS version, which is mm-hmm. 2D. There's a PS4 version, which is 3D, but they are the same game, just different art styles. Um, yes. And they, this see. is 
they actually released the bundle that included both the PS4 and the 3DS version in the same package. Because like, it makes complete position. sense. I know, right? That's so crazy. But they are coming west with some changes. Yes. First, the 3DS edition is not coming at all. Mm-hmm. Probably smart. Yep. The Switch version... The Switch is getting a version, however. Mm-hmm. But that is very far off. Yeah, will not be released this year. Will not be released this year. So if you're into Dragon Quest XI, looks like PS4 is probably your best bet if you want to play it anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I... I Almost went back and found a way to play a Dragon Quest game this week as well. I ever played them? No, I haven't, but I'm actually waiting for this one to come out to try it out. They're good. They're fun games. They're RPGs. Dragon Warrior 3 on Game Boy Color. That was one of those only on Game Boy Color because it had the little hump on the cartridge, so you couldn't Mm -hmm. put it in the regular Game Boy. That shit was good. That shit was good. I've heard it. I mean, it's a classic franchise. Classic game. That was the uh, trailer to Oblivion with Tom Cruise. Mm Hmm. Remember the, the trailer to Oblivion with Tom Cruise? No. It starts out just like this rundown football field, and it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And classic game. <laughs> stupid Tom oh, Cruise. Oh, stupid Tom Cruise. I enjoy most of your movies a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen it. Edge of Tomorrow? Awesome. Great movie. Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. What else is fantastic, Chad? The what? The PAX East lineup for Nintendo Switch. Tell me about it. I don't know what's in there. That's this um, week, isn't it? Or next week? Something like that? It is... Wow, the, the article literally just says, Nintendo has unveiled its lineup of titles that will be playable on Switch at PAX East this year. <laughs> I or maybe a it's a different now. PAX. There's, there are like five PAXs. There now. are different PAXs, yeah. So I wanted to point out two games that are being talked about at PAX East. It's going to include like Donkey Kong, Hyrule Warriors, Dark Souls, um, Crash Bandicoot's going to be playable on Switch there. But it's also going to feature Sushi Striker because they keep wanting to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, Sushi Striker. The game. I don't get it. But anyway, maybe it's not for me. Other one, they're going to have Wolfenstein 2 playable at PAX oh, East. Yeah. And I'm, that's what I'm really curious about is what's that going to be like on Switch. So that's going to be I can't wait for you to, to get see. that game so that I can replay it and then we can talk about it on the podcast. Oh, I wanted to play the first one as well. I need to do that still. I mean, yes, that's important. But also the second one is just fan-fucking-tastic. Uh, PAX East is yeah. this weekend. Thursday through Sunday. Oh, oh, so we'll find out very soon then. Very cool. Yep. Um, also, most importantly, Luminous Remastered is going to be playable there. And... All right, all right, all right. Oh, man, I can't wait for that game. Matthew McConaughey, everything so, he's ever done. So good. <clears throat> Chad, take and then the most one. important, well, the second most important thing was that Shadow of War announced that later this year they will remove all microtransactions. Next month. From uh, next moment, they're going to turn off the ability to buy gold, and then all of them are being removed in July, I think. No, so they're they turning said. it off in in um, May, and then they're going to get rid of it in J- uh, July. Yeah. So and It starts next month. So that is uh, six months in. They realized that it uh, – you've, you've highlighted some quotes in here. It said, we've yeah. come to realize that providing this choice risks undermining the heart of our game, the Nemesis system. Simply being aware that they are available for purchase reduces the, Im- the immersion in the world and takes away from the challenge of building your personal army and your fortress. I personally think that uh, it's way too late. They should have done this from the get-go. No yeah. one cares about this game anymore. It came and went really That's quickly. exactly my thought. I, I, to me, I think this is, how can we add some really big PR so people buy this game? Yep. How about we remove microtransactions? Um, also, I'm willing to bet no one bought the microtransactions because if they did, they wouldn't be doing this. Yep. 
There's no way that a company would be like, geez, we just made hundreds of millions of dollars on microtransactions in Shadow of War. Let's get rid of them. Let's do the noble thing here. No one, <laughs> no one bought these, and they realized they could make a good headline out of it. That's what it seems like to me. I have no data to back that up. It's pure speculation, but I don't think I'm wrong. Nope, I don't think so either. It just either. seems strange. It seems very, very strange. But yeah, those are all of our uh, items in the quest log for this week. Are you ready to jump yeah, into the quest? Yeah, we've got our main quest. So our main quest this week is how will Sea of Thieves impact Xbox exclusives going forward? So Sea of Thieves, the first of, what do we have, three confirmed for this year? Exclusives. This yeah, State of the Cape Sea of Thieves, Crackdown, and, and State of the Crackdown Cape 3. Yeah. Uh, all three of which Xbox has announced will be available day one on Game Pass, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. But this is the first of the three, and I think, well, my personal opinion is that the next two will follow in that it is a big letdown. I don't know um, if it's two, but I think Crackdown 3, actually this is my prediction for this year, is Crackdown 3 is not going to live up to expectations. I think I think State of Decay 2, uh, State of Decay 1 is not a polished experience whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It, it It is kind of like a an indie version almost of like a, like a survival dead island almost type game but i think that xbox since it is one of their three exclusives they are overhyping it and they're trying to build it up and people are going to be really let down by what it ends up being because it is that kind of yeah smaller unpolished experience so that's why i think it's going to be a huge boner killer yeah and to go back to the whole no man's sky thing that was the game was a letdown but sony wasn't relying on that for their like major tentpole releases mm-hmm. it was like not a make or break it thing like see if the state of the k2 crackdown three these are really make it or break it for microsoft in a lot of ways i mean if they all fail they will still be a successful console manufacturer but it's really going to tarnish their their brand i think it's been so long since we've really seen big exclusives coming out on the microsoft console and the first one comes out this year, and it tanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm less concerned about CDK two just because I don't think people care about that to, too much to begin with. But I think Crackdown three is a big deal. I mean, people have been asking for Crackdown for got to be a decade at this point. When did the when last did the one come? One, the first one the first was one came out with Halo three, right, or Halo two. No, Halo 2 demo was in the Crackdown box. Hold on, I'm going to look at it I just saw your text message. My face got stuck again, and it's just the worst picture of me ever. It's so good. That's what I'm looking at nonstop right now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Crackdown Halo demo. Halo 3 beta. Crackdown came with a Halo 3 beta in it in 2007. Um, so when was Crackdown 2 then? So Crackdown 2 was your mom's butt. And uh, came out in 2010. So, yeah, it's been... It'll be eight years bet, probably before yeah, this years, thing comes yeah. out. Woo! That's a lot of hype. That's a lot of build-up for this game. That's a, Yeah, a lot of hype, a lot of build-up. But here's what I think. I think Xbox has already written these off. You think? Like, yep, it, it already is going to take these losses. It knows it's not going to make a ton of money on these. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are playing the long game and they've got something else in 
well, we've been hoping this for two years, that they've got something else up their sleeve. They're going to pull it out at E3. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that this will have any impact on the next two games, State of Decay and Crackdown, because I think they've already written those off, and they're just going to let yeah. them come and go, just like Sea of Thieves will. I think it's the what Sea of Thieves is and what it's doing is a smart move for them because of what it is, like putting it on Game Pass, giving continuous mm-hmm. updates with adding a little bit more content here, a little bit more content there. If people are enjoying it enough to like, oh, yeah, I'll pop back in next month when they release something. That's another month of Game Pass they've renewed. Yeah. Um, as opposed to paying 60 bucks for the game up front. And, it, you know, we've seen it time and time again. People are a lot more willing to do small subscription chunks and end up paying more in the long run. Uh, than they are for upfront things, for especially like those types of experiences. So, yeah, I don't know. I think they're doing the right thing. It's a shame that these games are going to be subpar, but I think for their strategy long term, they're doing the right thing. Yeah, I think that they can only really play the hand that they have. Yeah, and I think for exclusives beyond what we already know about, I think they need to do what Nintendo did with the Wii U, which is say it's not worth investing in this console as so, like why release zelda only on wii u yeah and i think what they need to do is i i firmly believe and i think you're on with me on this too is that the next console is not as far away as we think it is yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we heard something like a tease next late year. this year and then like a reveal maybe maybe release november of 2019 even yeah that's that's what i'm thinking too and save like if the, if they were making halo 6 for xbox one move it to xbox two yep like take these big games that you were working on in the background just move it to your next console and like if if an xbox launched with something to scale of like gears of war or or halo fours is a given because it's come out every goddamn year (laughs) but that would be a killer launch title i mean it it would be the equivalent of breath of the wild coming out on the switch it would be that level of huge 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 i think that's what they have to do i think that they need to cut their losses they're not going to make up huge ground in this generation by releasing halo 6 they're not going to suddenly sell 50 million xboxes to catch up to sony based on that one game they're just not going to do it but i think they can make a huge statement if they say we're holding these games back they're going to be trickled out after the launch of xbox the the next one whatever it's called i don't think they have another choice yeah I concur, Doctor. You concur, Doctor? Sweet. I do, Doctor. Do you concur, Doctor? Sure. Boom. Catch me if you can. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie before. I want to, though. You haven't seen that movie? No. I feel like... I don't know why, but I feel like you would really, really love that movie. Then I will watch it. It's I don't know. DiCaprio, right? Yes. That line, do you concur, Doctor, that is from the movie. I don't know if that also holds true for the Broadway musical starring Aaron Tobayat and uh, Brian Darcy James. Um, But, oh, sorry, it's not Brian Darcy James, it's Norbert Leo Butts, but I I don't know. It could be. How could you mix those two guys up? Uh, I know, those guys with three names. Chad Michael Ennis, right? Just put me up there in (laughs) the league with those guys. Do we have any subscriber interrogatives this week? I thought we did, but I I can't find any. I have one. Here we go. Uh, what type of pillow do you use when you go to sleep? <laughs> I have a Casper pillow. I Came have a free with my mattress. Pillow. We're not sponsored by Casper, but I listened to a podcast that wasn't. Now I have a Casper mattress. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good talk, good talk. <laughs> yeah. Holden, what kind of pillow do you sleep on? I have a Tempur-Pedic pillow. It's very comfortable. Oh. See, I have I have a Casper pillow for my head. I have an Ikea pillow to go between my knees because I'm most of the time a side sleeper. Mm-hmm. And then I hug I on a Target that. pillow. It's pretty comfortable. It is. It is. And then I hug on a Target pillow. You do. You hug a pillow at night too. I do the same thing. Oh, I'm a hugger. Oh, absolutely. I'm a hugger. Absolutely. Yep. It's like you got to cuddle with something. So I either have a dog. I have a dog. Yeah. Either have Olivia, and I cuddle with her until she doesn't want to snuggle with me anymore. Because she's a bitch. And then it's going to kill <laughs> You know what I love, though, about cuddling with a dog or a pillow? Is that they aren't like ovens. No. Cuddling with a person, you get sweaty and gross. I mean, it's fun and great, and it enhances your relationship. But at what cost? You get sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm single. <laughs> Oh man, these what are the conversations a week it has people been. listen to our podcast for. <laughs> he is risen. You guys, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Respawn Aim Fire. Submit your photo mode submissions before Sunday, April 15th at midnight and, on Instagram or Twitter. And get Metro 2033 and play with us this month. Play with us. Let us know how you're doing. Um, do we know what next week's topic is? We didn't plan that far in advance, did we? No, we didn't. We we want to do that, and we just never do that. Okay, well, listen in the future, and then go back and remind yourself that that's what the next week's episode was about. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone, I'm Chad Michaelinis. That little guy is Holden DePardo. That's Thank me. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.